Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. There's a number of alternative or preventative medications and things that you can do with regards to COVID-19. The bottom line is we don't want you to live in fear. There is nothing for which you ought to be afraid. And we ought to be very careful at this time of fear that is being pushed around the world, frankly, that we don't sacrifice our freedom and our health based on misinformation. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me here in the studio on Faith and Freedom is Dr. Lee Merritt. She is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon and has done a significant amount of research in this area. She also is a member of America's Frontline Doctors. Welcome, Dr. Merritt. Thank you very much. Let's talk about some of the other alternatives before we ever get to a vaccine, and we'll have a whole episode on, on that. But before we even had COVID-19 in our vocabulary, we already had medications that were on the market that had been very effective on a wide variety of usage, including in the influenza area and other viral infections. And two of those that come to mind are hydroxychloroquine, and another one is ivermectin. Tell us about the effectiveness of those medications to prophylactically treat COVID-19, and other kinds of supplements or vitamins that people ought to be taking to have a, an increased and better immune system. Well, thank you. I, You know, the ivermectin, the hydroxychloroquine, specifically the hydroxychloroquine, the saddest thing is we've known about it. Somebody has known about it. They didn't tell the doctors or anybody. But there was research going back to 1970s that we had a potential treatment for viral illnesses. And until now, we never used it because we were never told it existed. And that is a crime against humanity. But so, so that would be a treatment for, say, for the example, the seasonal flu. Right. We, it, it appears it helps that, too. I mean, this so isn't just this virus. Iver, uh, hydroxychloroquine, or HCQ, as it's sometimes referred to short, it goes back to 65-plus um, years of FDA approval. It's right. It's a generic drug. safe drug. So it's not very expensive. The problem with using HCQ or promoting that from a big pharmacological situation is that they don't get the new money off of whatever new vaccine that they want to come out with, whether it's for SARS or um, the swine flu, H1N1. When there's already an existing treatment, is that a possibility as to why you don't see much information about HCQ? Right. If you want to read, I wrote an article. It's uh, it's on the fall journal at the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. It goes through the whodunit of why we've covered up viral treatment for 40 years. But th there are three possible motives that I've come up with. The first one is orange man bad. Trump mentioned it. We hate him. We're going not, to not, not go along with that. Second one is a $69 billion vaccine industry gets significantly diminished, maybe to zero, if you have a treatment for viral illnesses. Because we don't know what these treat because they haven't looked at it. But, you know, we know it treats certain types of airborne viral illnesses in this category. And so not just hydroxychloroquine, but ivermectin and maybe both together work even better. So they, there's, uh, there's that. And then the third thing is, you know, you can't control 
well, back up. We, you know, how we entered the nuclear age, then we got kind of, you know, and everybody was afraid because now we're in the age of nuclear weapons and we took certain deterrents. Well, now we've just entered the viral terrorism age, if you will, that we can have these designer viruses that could change every season. But the issue is they kind of use a similar uh, missile technology, and that's the coronavirus. You have to have a transmissible airborne virus to make this scary. And these seem to all probably be taken down by hydroxychloroquine and or ivermectin. So it, you can't terrorize a, a, a population if, you have, if they have a treatment in their back pocket. So in other words, if you have COVID-19 come into existence in our history, and now you've got a generic drug that can actually be effective to treat it, and you also have another drug that's a newer drug, but it's been on the market for some time, ivermectin. Uh, and sometimes people, particularly working with animals, might think of that as a parasitic drug to treat various kinds of uh, internal parasites. But those two drugs that are on the market, very effective against treating COVID-19. If they promoted that, there would be no fear. Right. And there would be no reason to move forward with a vaccine because we already have something in an existing medication. One of them is very, very cheap, which is the hydroxychloroquine. And keep, they got a Nobel Prize for ivermectin. This isn't an unimproved right. experimental some... drug. I mean, this is a really good drug. So, you know, one of my complaints in this whole thing is the crimes against our elderly. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you how we could prevent this. Forty percent by the CDC's numbers of death in this country are the elderly in nursing homes. Yeah. And so here's what we know and what we could do. What happens to them? We've isolated them. We've put them in solitary confinement, which is cruel. Number two, we have, we, they tend not to eat a great diet. We don't supplement them and we don't prophylax them. Now I'm gonna tell you, this is good for everybody, but this is what we could have been doing. Instead of isolating them from their family and friends, every flu season, okay, and, and personally, you should be on these things. Everybody should be on these things. The one thing we know is the biggest risk of going down hard and dying or going to the ICU is low vitamin D level. And you can't get it from the sun. So I take 10,000 units a day. You want to get your levels above 30. Um, I'd like to get my level above 60 because that's an anti-cancer And you can level. get tested for your uh, right, vitamin test levels. Your level. And nobody has overdosed 10,000 units a day if you're not on renal dialysis. So t so I, st I say start it right now because you want to get and your levels up. And vitamin D is good for anything. D3, yeah. COVID, it's influenza, you, helps your immune system. Right. If we were living on the equator, we'd be getting thirty to 40,000 units a day from the sun. But we are not on the equator. And as you go farther north, no matter what you do, um, uh, you know— I know somebody that played 16 or 18 holes of golf, 16 days, six days a week, uh, all, all year round in Yuma, Arizona, the sunniest city in America, whose D level was 20. Okay, mm. you cannot so get you still, it from the sun. From even if you're a farmer, so everybody, everybody should take ought D. to have uh, and, and, vitamin D. And we knew this years ago for flu. Okay, so that's a big one. You always hear about vitamin C, but you never used right. to hear nah, about vitamin D. D is a big one, and I've been doing this for a long time because I'm an orthopedic surgeon. It's I see adult rickets all the time. This is something that everybody should take. Number two, you should take zinc because everybody's deficient in zinc if you're not supplementing because our soils are deficient. I tested my children years ago, and they were deficient, and the kids absorb everything. So there was a problem, and we eat a good diet. So at least 15 milligrams a day, if not 30. Um, and then the next one, you talked about vitamin C. And let me just say that, you know, of course, uh, pharma and, and the government, they always want to tell you, oh, that just makes expensive urine. Vitamins, that's not true. Vitamin C is actually like the ammunition for your white cell army. If you get sick, you've got white cells that are going to go out and take out this virus or bacterium, right? 
But just like a Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps, you can't load him down with 800 pounds of ammunition in the morning and expect him to march with it and go wherever he's going to go indeed. So you have to feed him ammunition all day long. And that's the truth with vitamin C. If I give you five grams of vitamin C in the morning, you're going to pee most of it out. What you need to do is take a little bit all day long if you can. That's, I, you know, during the winter season, and I used to do this, but you get lazy, you know, I admit. But during this season, for this whole thing, I've been doing it. What I do is I get some chewable vitamin C that I like. And, every, and you do that throughout the day? I just throw it out the day. I 500 milligrams every hour or two, and by the time the day's gone by, you know, I miss some here and there. I probably get three to four grams throughout the day. So and vitamin D, zinc, vitamin and C, C throughout the day. Right. And then, obviously... If you have COVID, and even for preventative, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Well, there's some more things you should take. One of the big ones that we don't hear too much about is N-acetylcysteine, or NAC. And that helps the overshoot of the inflammation problem. Because, and it turns out it's good for your brain, it's good to prevent dementia, it's good for anti-cancer. NAC is really a good thing. I know people, you know, you can tend to get tired of taking pills, so you don't take as many, but that's one I used to take. And, and on my website, we have a thing about the nine supplements everybody should take, and that's one of them. The other one is selenium. And it, like, I have a formulation that's iodine plus selenium, which is a double good thing, because iodine is good for uh, anti-infective stuff, and, and selenium. And then the last one, which I didn't know about before this one, is quercetin. And if mm -hmm. you look at Dr. McCullough and Dr. I started taking that recently. Right. Dr. McCullough's protocol and other people's protocol, they quercetin is a really good drug. For, it's not a drug. I mean, it's a good herbal supplement that's 500 milligrams a day or twice a day for this. Now, the hydroxychloroquine, I have a friend who screened 20,000 people. He treated 2,000. He's in urgent care. No deaths because he used hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin early. And so... We could prophylax these people in the nursing home with two pills a week. What That's is your point. website, Dr. Merritt? Oh, it's it's no no period after the doctor, drleemerritt.com. Okay, drleemerritt.com. And Dr. Merritt has been our guest. You can also, we'll put your website connection up at uh, Liberty Council's website, lc.org, and also at Liberty Council Action's website, lcaction.org, forward slash resources. And we'll put all that information there, including your direct link. Now, if you have a problem with your doctor and doesn't want to give you hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, get another doctor or go to americasfrontlinedoctors.com, americasfrontlinedoctors.com. This is life and death. Bottom line is don't live your life in fear. There's no reason to learn more about this and other information and stand up and protect our faith and freedom, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom brought to you by Liberty Council. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. The website again, lc.org.